welcome to a very special bonus episode of Into the Aether. It's a low-key video game podcast, and my name is Brendan Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilger, and we are going to kick things off with thanking our very generous patrons. Yeah, Brendan. if you want to, <laughs> if you want to support the show, you can head over to Patreon.com/slash/IntoTheCast. Um, thank you to everybody who has done that so far, including Akira, Alex, uh, both of the Andrew D's who have donated, Bead, Benjamin D, Benjamin W. Bolt, Brendan, Brett, Catherine, Christopher, uh, David, Hilton, Inez, Jason, Jeff, Josh, Cameron, Connor, Kieran, Kim, Kyle, Mark, Marcel, Melly Muffin Pie, Micah, Min, Murray, No Name, Pablo, Philip, Robert, Sloopeasy, Scout, Spencer, and Trevor. Uh, thank you all for doing that. It means thank you. so much. Um, do you want to give the spiel about bonus episodes in the Patreon? Yeah. So our, our whole philosophy is that we make bonus we make one bonus episode every month that exists because we're getting any support. We didn't want to have a paywall of any kind. So, uh, but we still want to honor the patrons who allow for bonus episodes to exist at all uh, for everyone. So yeah. thank you so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's sort of the philosophy with the Patreon overall uh, is that like the more support we get, the more we can make for everyone. So very few things are, are paywalled and, We'll probably talk more about that in the future because we have some new ideas for the Patreon that may or may not be in place yet. But yeah, keep an eye on that, uh, and, and we will announce some stuff shortly. Stay tuned. And also, always stay tuned. And also, uh, please always send your feedback with like what you'd like to see and all that. I, I've mentioned this many times, but the Patreon exists because people were like, "Hey, how do we support the show?" And we're like, "Whoa, that's cool. That people <laughs> want to do that." Yeah. Uh, I guess we can make this, and we did. And a lot, as evidenced by the five-minute monologue Brendan just did, a lot of people are backing it, which is very cool. We might have to work out a different system of the shout-outs eventually. That way, half the episode isn't like, I'd like to thank every character in Three Houses. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Yeah, it's just going to be a fucking Polygon Unraveled video at a certain point. uh, Yeah, right. (laughs) Exactly. Naming every Patreon backer. Yeah, exactly. Um, But uh, but for real, thank you so much. So, uh... Also, in terms of this, the structure of the bonus episodes, so far we have chosen to kind of do a deep dive on one game, but that has also been changed up with episodes like our Games of the Decade, which again, uh, at this point, like it's been out for a little bit. Uh, it's a very long episode. Um, that is not like a common point of comparison for all our bonuses. They'll probably be closer to like two hours plus rather than like, I don't know, eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> but just to kind of set expectations and like we're also thinking of fun ideas of like doing some bonus episodes about like a series overview or like a deep dive into something or like something like uh games of the decade. Like so we're we're playing around yeah, with that. Like all Steven the time. was talking about potentially playing through Secret of Mana blindfolded and I was like, if you want to do that then go for it. You know, I just Yeah. I just don't know how that's going to translate to audio. To um, audio, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think he is going to do it. So congratulations <laughs> in advance for pulling that off. I like how that fake idea is still more grounded than your actual idea of top 10 silliest snacks. But anyway, <laughs> this month we are talking about Titanfall 2. Um, this is a game that we talked about in our Games of the Decade episode. I think after doing that episode, we walked out being kind of excited to check out games that either one of us might have missed or things we wanted to revisit. Um, In this case, this is a game that you really, really loved. I had not played yet and recently went through the campaign and we've been playing some of the multiplayer together. Yeah. And it's great. I'm really excited to talk about it and uh, I'll I'll leave the floor to you for now. Yeah, Um, sure. I'm excited to Yeah, Titanfall 2, the game so nice I bought it twice. Um, (laughs) I really did. I bought it it on my Xbox One uh, and then... 
played through the whole thing, was playing through multiplayer a lot, and kept talking to the people I played Destiny uh, with about it. I was just like, guys, you got to check out Titanfall 2. It's so good. And then they all bought it, but for PS4, because none of them had Xboxes. So I was like, okay, I'll buy it again. So I bought it again for PS4. Um, so I could play it again. Anyway, Titanfall 2, uh, a good video game by Respawn Entertainment. Um, for those of you who don't know Respawn Entertainment, we actually just talked about them recently um, in the context of Jedi Fallen Order, um, the new Star Wars game, which is also by this de- by this developer. But they are best known for, um, I guess, like being a spinoff of Infinity Ward, the company that created the Call of Duty franchise, um, which I think like really kind of came to a head in, I, th- I guess, I think it was 2007 with Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. That's, yeah. I think, what most people look to as like the kind of revitalization of um, first person shooting in a multiplayer sense um that that was like kind of a a watershed game for uh just like how to pull off the fps genre in a multiplayer sense and then after that call of duty started to go more or less like yearly where they were switching off between infinity ward and treyarch um both of them owned by activision at that point uh just swapping off games and like kind of just got like drilled into the ground in a way where like it was kind of like yearly and iterative, almost like akin to a sports game. Um, right. More than, right. more than anything else. Um, so eventually the kind of like big wigs at infinity Ward were like, you know what, this actually kind of sucks. And then they split and formed respawn. Um, and the first game they put out un- under the respawn name was Titanfall for the Xbox one. It was like almost a launch game for the Xbox one. I think it might've been a launch game for the Xbox yeah. one. Yeah. It was very early for sure. Yeah. My own personal history, I bought an Xbox specifically to play Titanfall because I was just like so blown away by what it looked like. I, I just couldn't believe it existed at the time. Like that kind of uh, that kind of traversal mechanic and, and the idea of getting into a Titan and having this like I don't want to say asynchronous. That might be the, the wrong word, but this kind of like two tiered combat in multiplayer was like really fascinating. Um, and another another thing that was really interesting uh, was the way they approached narrative and the way they approached multiplayer in that they fused the two together so the narrative was told via playing multiplayer matches which um i don't think you and i have talked about at all in the lead up to like playing the games and stuff and figuring out doing this bonus episode but the way it worked was you would load like literally you would start the game and load into a multiplayer match and like in the top right like you would drop down in a titan like right in the beginning or you drop down as a pilot and in the top right of the screen almost like a twitch like picture in picture kind of thing um the different characters in the game would show up like in your HUD, just kind of like giving you orders and missions and things like that. And every time you were playing a map, uh, it was like you and everybody else who was also playing quote unquote, that level of the campaign in a way. Um, so you all kind of had a stake and you would like spawn on one side or the other. You'd either be the, uh, I, f- I forget what the two, the IMC or the apex somethings. I forget mm. what they are. Um, but yeah, anyway, it's, it really is like, these are the bad guys. Yeah, you know, yeah. We'll get into the story, but yeah, yeah, for real. Um, but in Titanfall one, you would literally play through the campaign via multiplayer matches, uh, which ended up like being kind of interesting, I think as an idea that like maybe wasn't executed 100%. Like all it really did was show hi, we created this like really incredible, interesting, uh, like place to explore with like absolutely no way of doing it. Like there's no way to <laughs> interrogate this world or like uh, kind of get invested in the story or the narrative at all because you're just really focused on playing multiplayer more than anything else. Yeah. Um, yeah. So as, as great as that game was and as fun as it was and like people love it and still play it to this day, 
I, I think the idea of, of a narrative in the Titanfall universe is something that a lot of people kind of like walked away from it wanting. Um, and that's when you get a game like Titanfall 2, which is kind of front loaded with the campaign. Um, that's kind of like the, the main draw for a lot of people, I think, um, mainly because of how well it did. Like critically, it was kind of an acclaimed thing. It, it was a really surprising uh, narrative. People thought it was just going to be kind of like a bolted on story just to appease the people who wanted that, but they were just going to really focus on making it like a, a solid multiplayer game again. Um, but instead, you got this like really cohesive and great story attached to more great multiplayer with amazing balance tweaks uh, between the first one and the second one. They kind of answered every problem um, that people had with the multiplayer in Titanfall 2. And we can get into that more when we talk about multiplayer. But just in terms of like where this game came from, um, this idea of like, okay, this is the team that made Call of Duty for kind of like thrust the first person shooter genre into this like boots on the ground, like very realistic, very like heavy a uh, very like slow and weighty uh, kind of conundrum in a way where like it was fun to play, but it was all the same where like every company that was trying to make a game like this put out just another Call of Duty, you know, so you had like EA and DICE like making the Battlefield games that were like, what if this was even more realistic? It's like, OK, that people want that. Don't get me wrong, but that doesn't make it more fun, you know? Right, right. Titanfall was weirdly like the same people that kind of reinvented the genre saying like, actually fuck everything we did. What if you could run on walls? What if you had a grappling hook? What if you had a big fucking Gundam? <laughs> like what if you like, yeah. what if, <laughs> what if you just had like the power fantasy you've always wanted? What I, I just, I'm like, like amazed that that game came out and that the traversal works and is, is um, even like remotely parsable to the human brain. Uh, the fact that you can like be on the ground, double jump because you have a jetpack run along a wall, land on an enemy Titan and like throw a grenade into the, into the like cockpit and then jump off was like a bananas thing to do, uh, especially like <laughs> yeah, right I mean, around when the Xbox one came out. I think it's self-explanatory and probably by the episode or the very least, but it's just worth noting that the Titans are basically like Gundam mechs. Essentially, they're like big robots that are piloted that you can go in and out of. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just in case you thought they were, you know, like the Greek mythical titans that created the universe uh, who ate Zeus and his brothers. Yeah, but then but, Zeus put a stone in the blanket and here we are. Yeah, it's um, wild that you can like run around on a jetpack and then kind of just get enveloped by a clay golem and then <laughs> go, go a punching Rocky Balboa style. Missed opportunity in the Hercules world of Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah. Um, uh, but anyway, that, that's kind of where Titanfall 1 is coming from. Um, it, it was like mainly successful. People really liked it when it came out. And, and like I said, people are still playing it to this day. Uh, I, I think it's just like there are a couple little tweaks that if if Respawn were able to make those tweaks in a sequel, it would be like perfect. Um, and that's kind of what Titanfall 2 became like that when when Titanfall 2 came out I, I just watched a bunch of reviews and like I just went back and revisited kind of all the discourse about Titanfall 2 when it came out and like the top line thing that you can take away from pretty much everyone's uh everyone's reviews of Titanfall 2 was like this is the perfect sequel like this is everything that you want if you were missing a story from Titanfall 1 you have a great one here if you had issues with the multiplayer they fixed all of them they just kind of took the concept that they had their, their new IP and just did everything that you would want in a sequel. 
And unfortunately, it came out at a really bad time and kind of failed in terms of sell through, which sucks. But critically, uh, it was it was really well received. And I think like everybody who who ended up buying it loved it uh, and won't stop talking about it like me, which is why we're here talking about it in a bonus episode. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we'll I think we'll probably start with a single player campaign and then talk about multiplayer. But I will say just in the limited time we've played multiplayer together not hard to find a match. There's still a lot of people playing it. They're all really good, but yes. <laughs> you can find a match. Yeah. Um, and and we'll, we'll talk more about that in detail. Before we get to the single player, uh, my experience with the game was just sort of hearing you gush about it and, and being really intrigued, especially after the games of the decade. I think you, <laughs> I think you described the single player campaign as like maybe the best ever, like maybe perfect. There's some something like like one of those cautious hyperboles where you're like, with this actually might be perfect. Yeah, um, that's yeah. kind of how you framed it. It was the free game on PSN in December, I believe. Um, so yeah. you know, last month I picked it up and I played through it recently. And yeah, so I guess let's just do. We'll we'll focus the next few moments on the. The single player campaign. It's really fun. I will say, I'll just highlight that this campaign, as you noted in the in the decade episode, is like maybe five hours. Like it's really short. It's really short and paced um, really well. It is. It is. Um, the plot is basically like, <laughs> you know what? I I initially. I also will say, like right off the bat, I, I had a great time with it. I I really enjoy. It. I'm excited to highlight things that I that I dug. But um, the very first cutscene felt a little bit like a bad army commercial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where like the first thing is like, I've always dreamed of being a pilot, and it's just him like cracking necks, like running on walls, and like yeah, it's, it, it's, it's, it's a great ridiculous. introduction to the world. It's ridiculous, but like I didn't know who was who yet, so I'm like. This looks great, but I don't know like why I should care. Right. Um, but then basically what happens is like after that cutscene, what that cutscene does is it's just sort of highlighting like kind of really how you should be playing the game, oddly enough. Yeah. Like I feel like sometimes cutscenes and in, in these types of games are like Zack Snyder's slow motion explosions or whatever. Mm -hmm. But this is like it kind of plants the seed of like this is a FPS that is prioritizing speed and platforming. Right. Oddly enough. Yeah. So like uh, there's a really good tutorial after that where you meet like a gruff soldier who's like, I don't know. <laughs> my first thought was like, oi, kid. Like, that's definitely not his voice. I think that is his voice. Head. Is it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> last like, last of us, I think is his name. You want to be a pilot? Yeah. Follow me. Go in this simulation. So you you go into this this like VR training area and they introduce you to like wall running, which is a huge like basically the equivalent to like learning how to jump in Mario. Yeah. And you compare this a lot to Mario, which we'll get into because it's, it's a very apt comparison. Yeah. Oddly enough. But, um, that tutorial like introduces you to wall running and like kind of how to get used to the idea of like firing at targets while you're running on the walls and jumping around. Mm -hmm. Um, which is really fun because like so often in FPS, you, at least in my experience, it's like you walk around, you stop and shoot, you know, and like, yeah, that's not inherently bad, but it was just interesting that they're prioritizing, like kind of retraining your mind to always, always be, moving. be moving. Yeah. 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 And, and I think that's the thing too. Eventually you get to train like in a Titan and learn what that's like. Um, but that's not in the VR because they kind of set in the story, like 
you have to be like the real deal to be in a Titan. Like, yeah, uh, to be a pilot is like the highest rank of military, essentially. So, you know, you end the VR, they're like, maybe one day, kid, you know, maybe when you're older. Yeah. Kind of thing. <laughs> uh, in in uh, that, it's also worth noting there's like a, there's like a gauntlet. I think they call it the pilot's gauntlet that you have to go through, um, which is like a little obstacle course where they time you. Yeah. The times that people get on that are absolutely absurd. I just want to shout that out. Uh, there's like a whole like, kind of underbelly of YouTube of people like figuring out how to like hack through that. Not even not hack, but like do it legitimately in like the fastest way possible. Um, going so far as respawn now has a character in apex legends, um, which is a direct reference to going through the pilot's gauntlet, uh, because the fastest way through now is throwing a bunch of grenades at your own legs. So you use the (laughs) propulsion from the grenade to like launch you through the pilot's gauntlet. Um, which, which is where octane comes from, who is like the kind of like speed junkie character in apex legends who doesn't have any legs. Oh, that's so cool. Um, Yeah. 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 That's really interesting. Yeah, and we'll talk yeah, more about how this all, connects to Apex Legends later. But anyway, it it did help because I, I had I had played Apex Legends, so I, I knew some of the guns going into this. Yes. so that was kind of helpful. Yeah, um, uh, and vice versa, that helped me yeah. when I picked up Apex Legends eventually. Right, right, exactly. Um, so you go through this training and it's all good, and then you go to battle and you kind of get like ripped figure. out. You kind of get ripped out of VR because there's like an attack that's happening, and they're like, "Oh, right, we got to right, cut this right. short." See ya. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're like, all right, cool. Time to go a bit to battle. And then you do, and uh, you are fighting. We'll just call them the bad guys. I forgot what the faction is called, but like, yeah, they're all versions of Kano from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> like, like <laughs> oh, this looks like you'll fetch a high price. Um, you go there, you're you, your mentor figure like sedates you to like to basically like, escape heart. Like, it, it's this kind of flurry, it's this quick moment where like everyone is going down, and your mentor figure is in his mech. Or his Titan, rather, and he's fighting off a bunch of guys, and like, like, kind of locks you in this thing. So you're just sort of watching as he goes down, which is kind of sad. Um, yeah, he just gets ripped apart by th- a bunch of other Titans, essentially. Yeah, um, and then you wake up, and his Titan is still alive. BT, who has like big Iron Giant energy. Um, yeah, he, he speaks very eloquently, but he's like immediately like. I immediately love BC and basically throughout the whole story, like it's hokey and, and, and oddly light in tone, which all worked for me. But like, I genuinely cared about BT above all else. I had a feeling you were going to love BT. Yeah. I was really excited. (laughs) (laughs) You know that I like like awkward, but polite robots. Um, (laughs) So like, uh, yeah. So he's like, hello. Like I, um, (laughs) hello Hello, i'm a dragon uh he's like hello i am the big robot i'm out of batteries you have to find them uh so you then have to like platform around and and that game that's they do a really good job and again you pointed this out so i feel like a lot of this i want to avoid like just repeating what you said in the bonus episode but having every level kind of center around one idea so like in this beginning where you're just finding bt's batteries you're running on walls to jump to different cliffs to like get to the area where the battery is. Meanwhile, you know, fighting pockets of guys. And they do a pretty good job of, like, changing when you're in battle and when you aren't. So, like, you never feel like you have to master too much at once. Yeah. Um, yeah, this, this whole really level well, d- definitely really does center around just, like, making sure that you really have locked down the wall running and platforming. Like, yeah. It, it just serves to, like, really focus in on that. What's funny is, like, there's a lot of dialogue between the main pilot and BT, but, like, the dialogue continues even if you die. <laughs> so, like, I kept, like, falling off cliffs being like, so, BT, what do they call you? It's like, ah! <laughs> 
he's like, but like the conversation picks up right where it left off. It was very surreal. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that was a great introduction. And then when you finally get all the batteries for BT, you pilot him and it's like, so like you probably spent a lot of that level falling on your face yeah. and then finally getting in BT and being able to like just step on people and like they're, you don't even have to use your weapon. Yeah. Um, yeah. They even tell you the like same right, time, right in the beginning, they're like, you know, you can just step on people, right? Like you don't even have to shoot at them. <laughs> like there's like a little tool tip that pops up that tells you that, which is so funny. But I think what's really, what the game continuously does really well. Like when you first get in BT, you really, I mean, there's even a moment where the character kind of pauses and is like, wow, I'm really doing this. Like yeah. this is a big deal for me. Yeah. And I think, narratively and mechanically they give that so much weight like the fact that you're piloting this thing is like a very it's like being like an astronaut like this is like only a few people get to do this yeah exactly um so you feel the majesty of that but at the same time the game never makes one feel inherently stronger than the other like i think eventually you get to the point where you're just playing different games there are a lot of benefits to being out of the mech and there are a lot of benefits to being in one. Yeah, um, which is interesting because they the, explore that a lot in in the campaign. I think nowhere is that more apt than in multiplayer, though, as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, which we can also yeah. get into. But like the the stark difference between being in a Titan or not uh, in multiplayer is really fascinating in that like being in a big fucking robot in multiplayer unsurprisingly puts a big target on your back. Yeah. Most of my multiplayer experience is going, oh, hell yeah, I have my robot, then immediately blowing up. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> like, you know, everybody's yeah, it, move it is, is immediately like, no, 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 get that out of here. No, we can't have that. Right. <laughs> Just hearing me go like, woohoo, I'm in a big <laughs> robot. Or, I mean, you know how much I love my ticks, deploying my robot ticks. Uh-huh. Um, we'll talk about that anyway that's it's like that's an impossible inside joke to have be enjoyably explained over the air yeah just go um, watch our twitch stream of uh steven and aj and i playing you get these boost powers you just throw robot ticks like little robot spiders that are rectangular i love them yeah they, um, they kind of waddle yeah they, they prance a little too, bit like dogs actually i remember i remember you yeah. threw them out and i went to go say hello to them because they were so cute just kind of like prancing around um yeah and then of course they blew up and, you saw me strutting with, with my ticks yeah yeah anyway <laughs> And then we all exploded. <laughs> anyway, back to Titanfall 2. Um, <laughs> oh my god. So, <laughs> so the first level is like just expertly paced and like real fun. And then, so my, my notes that I took, I don't actually pull them up. My first thoughts were like, just doubling down on your Mario comparisons. But I wrote here, Iron Giant meets Mirror's Edge meets Star Fox 64. Um, yeah. The Star Fox 64 comparison, I think, is very apt now because this is the kind of campaign you'll probably play through more than once. And, like, it will become kind of arcadey where you might want to, like, there are, you know, collectibles you can find if you kind of go out of your way. Yeah. Um, you might just want to, like, beat it as quickly as possible. Same with Star Fox where it's, like, you get a, a very fun, like, you know, three to four hour story. Um, but it will probably turn into you, like, just trying to get the best score possible on every level. Yeah. Um, on top of that, the tone is very similar. It kind of has that like uh, campy, optimistic lens to it. Yeah, um, even though it is a not fucking to mention, war. But like, also, your character's name is Jack Cooper, which is like <laughs> the least interesting also, I think name. Where it becomes campy is like every level after the first one has like a villain that is also in a titan that like taunts you through the whole level, and then you eventually have like. That's where the game really clicked for me is once you had your first like one-on-one Titan match. Yeah. That is so fun and interesting. Yeah. And like 
it reminds it's just me a Mega lot Man, of like, like for the most part, <laughs> right? Or the Star Fox bosses, like you know, fool, I'm the great Leon, yeah, or you know, whatever. Yeah, exactly. They like taunt you from the cockpit picture. Do you want to hear my Pigma impression? Yeah, who doesn't? Daddy screamed real good before he died. Well, thanks anyway. everybody who backed the show. Uh, thanks <laughs> to everybody who has listened to the podcast. Unfortunately, it's over. Um, no more into the aether. Uh, I'm gonna take us out of the aether now and back to reality, where we where we can all. I'll be hosting. Um, I'll be hosting meetup groups for anyone who wants to just like talk about what it was like to have to hear Steven do that. Um, he says that in the game. That's not me ad living, and I'm realizing now how like deliverance esque it is. Yeah, it's really, <laughs> really hate it. yeah. <laughs> It's really bad. Pigma is hot take on Pigma. Like a bigger villain than Andros in in the in the uh, the weird GameCube sequel, not Dinosaur Planet. Don't worry. Uh, assaults the um, the like quasi Star Fox sixty four esque sequel. Pigma like gives himself up to the Borg and becomes like a giant face. It's very scary. Yeah. Okay. Um, wow. Yeah. I can also do that weird train conductor. It's like uh, <laughs> here you go. Time to end this. Okay, um, but yeah, there's a similar kind of tone with the uh, enemies in Titanfall 2 taunting you from the cockpit, like Pigma. Um, you were really a guest. I really threw you off with that. Yeah, didn't that I? was a lot, man. That was just so much. You- Did we cut it out? Like, is it that cursed? No. <laughs> this was supposed to be like a fun, normal one. I think you know, like after after last month, like doing our our whole long thing. This is gonna be like a nice short concise bonus episode and i and i pigmed it up it's okay i mean we're only a half an hour in there's still 30 minutes to pigment it more <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like, okay really trying to push this bit away yeah, yeah it has that it has that vibe it has that like fun i'm fighting this like campy antagonist who has a similar ship to me and we're like, outmaneuvering each other it does kind of feel like mega man in that way as well yeah, pretty much after that, like, I think in the bonus episode you mentioned, I'm still shaking Pigma off, you mentioned uh, the, the like, robot antagonist who's, like, terraforming towns, mm-hmm. and, like, you had to, like, navigate those. That was a really fun time. I really liked the the one that you also mentioned where you get a wristband that, like, goes into the past. Yeah, and, effect like, and cause. Really good. That, I That's think, That's, like, the only so... level of a game whose name I remember, because it just is yeah. so good. <laughs> That's also my favorite moment with BT where like he uh, he's sort of like mapping out the like traje- trajectory of a toss and he's like, I guess I'll have to throw you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, he looks at you and just goes, trust me and gives you a thumbs up. I'm like, I love this. Yeah. That was the moment where I really fell in love with him. But there's a moment later on where he also has to throw you and like you can choose throughout like what your dialogue is with him, which is kind of fun. So you can say like when he throws you for the second time, he's like. Uh, just like last time, huh? And he's like, no, actually not at all. There's like many different variables in yeah, this case. He's like, he's like uh, I'm throwing you from one moving target to another. Uh, there's a whole shitload of wind and there's people shooting at us. This is very different. Yeah. At the same time, I think BT does have like pretty early on. He like mourns the loss of the previous uh, pilot yeah. and like is like it's pretty established early on that he has emotions and thoughts of his own. Yeah. Um, but still has that like kind of goofy robot 
like filter to him yeah uh which is great, great um, and yeah a lot of the levels are basically centered around like bt will be waiting for you well well they do something else and then you like travel around and then eventually make your way back to bt and then you join forces yeah um, so that, that terraforming sort of like one i think is, is a great example where he just gets like kind of lifted up like a claw like one of the green aliens from toy story essentially yeah um and just yeah. like throughout the <laughs> throughout the level you are running around this factory that is like producing what what appear to be towns um it seems like and you're kind of like like the town the entire town that they're building will be like entirely um like set at 90 degrees so you're essentially running along the road as if it was a wall to your left and things like that um it kind of like really fucks your brain up as you're running around uh but while that's happening you're being taunted by the ai that's running the factory and then also bt (laughs) is like attempt number 64 to escape the claw failure yeah. <laughs> he'll be like attempt number 65 <laughs> to escape like he'll just keep trying to escape uh this claw which is like really fascinating um and it all culminates in just like an incredible fight in this really wonderful moment where like it really does fuck with your brain we're like do you know what i'm talking about where you're stuck inside the house but the house is upside down and you need to yeah, figure out how to, a, like map a way out i think i think her name is ash, ash the ai yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's like the only way to go is up, and then like the town like is on a different angle, and you have to climb up. Uh, it's it's actually pretty tricky. I I died a lot figuring out like exactly what they wanted me to do with the platforming. Yeah, but, me like, too. There really is oddly enough, I feel like Uncharted could borrow from this game a lot in terms of like mixing the combat better with the platforming. Mm. So I feel like in a lot of stuff in Uncharted, it it sort of is like you're doing all this really fun platforming. And then it stops and you're doing the combat. Yeah. And here, like, I feel like eventually they're so intertwined, you know, eventually right. you're, you have to do one for the other. And you can also like, it's really in your best interest just like throw a grenade and keep running sometimes, yeah. you know, like you don't have to like go down there and fight everyone if you, if you don't need to. Yeah. There are a couple um, instances, especially in that level where I was like, nah, fuck this actually. And then I split. There are a lot of yeah. ticks running at me and I was like, I don't want to deal with this. I think the next level is the time travel one, which like there are so many Again, like it really does teach you that mechanic that it doesn't even use before or after yeah. that. It's so self-contained in that way. Where like it, it became so second nature to me eventually that I tried to use it in the next level and it wasn't. Yeah, me too. Like, oh, yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah, but, same thing. Uh, so that level starts off with you uh, investigating this like kind of worn down research facility because uh, you're supposed to be meeting up with uh, somebody from your military who might have some kind of information or something. Um, and when you find him, he's halfway through a wall. He's like, he's like phased through a wall. Um, and, and you uh, eventually find the other half of him, which has this like wrist uh, device that allows you to, whenever you press L1, go back in time. And when you press L1 again, when you're back in time, you go forwards in time. Um, and they use this for like a bunch of discrete puzzle elements and and wild uh, wild traversal shit. Where like you'll be running along a wall in in the f- present day, um, and maybe there's like a bunch of fire on the ground where you're supposed to land. So you jump off the wall, travel back in time to where there wasn't a fire on the ground, but you know it was like a functioning facility. Land on the ground, but suddenly here's 50 guys who are all armed, who are all trying to shoot you, and then you travel forwards in time again, and they're all gone now. Um, you know, yeah. so like you can kind of just constantly be using that. My favorite thing is like when you're in combat like that, just pressing L1 to just like travel back in time, get around behind them and then press it again. And they're all like aiming where you were because they think you're still there. They're like, what the fuck just happened? And then yeah. you take them out. 
Sometimes the game messes with you, where like you'll do that to get away, and then in the in the in the present day, there's like a giant like dinosaur yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. My favorite moment with that is like there's a point where you're wall running, and like like you said, like one wall is on fire. You have to like wall run, jump, travel back in time to jump on the other wall on the side, and like you do that like in a really cool rhythm, and then you jump down this chute where there's like a fan in the past but not in the present. So you have to like hit it right before you're about to hit the fan. And it was so it was so exciting in like a way that like Celeste or Mario also satisfies. Yeah. Where like you're really you're really like visually registering what they want you to do, and they're teaching it to you. So in such a well-paced way that's actually as much as i'm enjoying the multiplayer like and as much as like understanding those platform mechanics can really help with the multiplayer i really like just traversing the environment set up in the, in the single player so much that i almost miss that in the other other yeah modes. totally i mean the people who are like routinely winning are like sliding on the ground like doing backflips and stuff so like you still are doing that but like the level design is just so masterfully done that like I I was really surprised and impressed by that. Um, yeah, I actually think my favorite level, even though that mechanic like really stood out, the level after this is like kind of like a factory or something. It's very like industrial, but like really beautiful. Like the the palette of this game is unbelievable, and you have to like maneuver levers to like put up billboards in different sides so you can run on them to get to different areas. Oh yeah, great level. Um, yeah. It's a really cool level, and and uh, it's where like I think the bad guy in that level is named Richter, and the achievement you get for beating him is like see you at the party, Richter. I'm like, yeah. okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Richter's got kind of like a um, in his prime Arnold Schwarzenegger vibe to him. Yeah, exactly. That's that's where I think the Star Fox comparisons really felt connected. Yeah. Um, uh, thankfully, no Pigma esque villain, but you know you can't win them all. Uh, no. So <laughs> I gotta leave that that behind. Um, yeah, so it just like start to finish is a great time. Again, like I think I think that BT is really the start of the star of the show. There's one point, unless you want to highlight a different level, I thought I could just kind of brush over the ending. Yeah, no, there, there's just I mean, just moments here and there that are really incredible. I think like uh, there's in that mission with Richter when you show up uh, to kind of like save a really small squad from just like a ton of robots. Uh, because you just happen to show up in your Titan, you just like take them all out in one swoop. Essentially, I, th- I thought was really interesting. Um, and and that whole process of like every time you think you've saved them, something else goes horribly wrong, and you need to be the one to fix it because you're a pilot now, uh, and everybody's looking to you to fix all the wild shit that's happening. I thought that was really great. Uh, there's yeah. also a moment right when you uh, see the arc for the first time, which is like this kind of uh, wild, like hyper technological power source that they're going to use to build like essentially a death star to blow up a planet. Like it's a whole thing. Uh, Again, your name is Jack Cooper in this game. Like I don't expect it to like, you know, (laughs) break too many boundaries, but it felt like intentionally kind of hokey in that way, you know? Yeah. Um, But when you first see the arc, not in the effect and cause level, but after that, when, when it blows up and you're frozen in time, and you're like traversing along a platform that is frozen in time. I thought was really fascinating and really cool. Oh, that like, was just, great. Yeah, there's just a lot of stuff in this game that like I've never seen before and I haven't seen since. Um, it's just like every level is so, so inventive. And that's why I compare it to Mario all the time, because I feel like every Mario level is like, here's a mechanic that you'll only see once and you'll never see again. Um, that's what this game feels like constantly, just throwing ideas at the wall and they all stick. Um, yeah. And it also, I also really appreciate that like the campaign does... Um, does a great job of like having moments of brevity and just like moments where you can relax. Because I think if it was this high octane at all times, cause like 
you are just running along walls and double jumping and like traveling back and forth through time and doing all this crazy shit constantly. Like, it's really nice that they do take some moments to breathe every once in a while. And like, yeah, they really sure. take some moments to like, just explore the relationship between you and BT um, or like you and the military and stuff like that. Um, you know, as, as much as it's like goofy to like be in a space war or like be a space Marine in general, I, I think this, this game has a really, uh, a really wonderful tone in the way they approach all of it because they also know it's goofy. Yeah. It's so they very just kind of lean into what's cool about it. It's very self-aware without being self-deprecating, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I think one of the standout moments to me, too, was like you eventually are reunited with like other pilots because um, you're... You're kind of made a pilot because of the circumstances. You never really earn your stripes, but like... Right, you're not supposed to be one. Yeah, yeah. You make it back to, like, the base and the general. She's like, uh... She's like, oh, thanks for bringing BT back in one place. Like, BT, don't worry, we'll get you set up with, like, an official pilot right away. And BT's yeah. like... He's like, interjection, like, I really like my pilot right now. Like, I think he's more than earned his stripes. You could see, like, in my memory of the... You know, like... Yeah. I, I was really... Gen- it, it, Again, expected beat, but I was genuinely touched that like he was advocating for the player, you know, like yeah, totally. Um, and uh, and she's like, okay, fine, basically. But then you're like, there's this giant battle where it's just titans. It's like you and like six other titans fighting a bunch of other titans. And in that moment, I was like, oh my god, I am such an amateur. Like, I feel <laughs> like they wanted me to feel that way. Where I'm like, the whole game, like whenever you are in BT, you feel like unstoppable. You're fighting like. You know, you're fighting like grunts of the other side. Like you're not right. fighting like the, you're not fighting with and against the other true pilots. I genuinely felt the need to like prove myself in that battle, and it goes on for a while. It's like a pretty long lengthy, and harrowing, yeah. yeah. But like it doesn't, it doesn't feel like padded. It just feels like oh, this is like this is the major leagues of 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 this world. Um, yeah, and I think the hardest boss, more than the last one, is the and this is very Star Fox. You fight the enemy titan that has a jetpack i think his name is like hawk or something uh, uh viper viper yeah he's like when you get to hell tell him viper sent you <laughs> like just yeah. so so good but like viper was real tough and i yeah, had to really that's think a about, level like, where you where you are on the back of a ship that is flying through the air with a bunch of other people uh essentially trying to chase down this like giant freighter ship that has the arc on it. This, this like big MacGuffin essentially. Um, and that's when BT throws you from one ship to another, uh, and tells you about all the like wild different, uh, differences between that and the last time he threw you. Anyway, you end up on that ship and you have to like buy yourself as a pilot, like regain control of that ship by like making your way up to the cockpit and like wiping everyone out along the way. Um, but that ends with BT getting dropped on the front of or on the nose of the ship and Viper showing up to be like, well, fuck you, man. Uh, and yeah. you have this great, great boss battle on, on the yeah. nose of this ship that's like soaring through the air. Uh, and he's just zipping around because he just doesn't land at any point, really. And you just got to figure out how to deal with it. It's it's really, really stellar. That was I think, my favorite moment in the game. It took me a long time to, to beat him, but like it just felt that felt so Star Fox in a great way. And uh, yeah, and then, you know, then obviously there are the expected lows, like you're captured and uh, there's this really harrowing scene where like BT is like being tortured, basically, like he's chained up and the Apex guy is like, I want to give you one last time to answer, you know, whatever his Kano shit. Uh, Yeah, his name is Blisk. He's he's he'll be important later. Yeah, he very much will be. Uh, and because they're asking, I think you, BT puts the arc in him, or like he puts like the key to the arc in him, so like they can't get it. Yeah. Um. And he looks at he looks at the pilot, and he's like, 
like he sends you like a direct message or just says like trust me yeah which i thought whenever he said trust me it fucked me up um <laughs> but uh bt like kind of self-destructs essentially um yeah. but then there's a scene where like in his titan the bad guy just like just destroys bt like he like puts a gun in his chest and like blows him up it's i was so pissed yeah um but then bt is like take my head it has like a backup gun in it and yeah. some cool shit and you'll be fine yeah um, this is this was says, honestly like one of the wilder <laughs> moments in the whole game too because it's like such a sad moment it's like so like it is as low as you will feel at any point playing this game and then he gives you yeah. what what they call in the game an auto pistol which is literally yeah. you just run around and if you aim it in the direction of anyone it immediately locks onto their head and when you when you shoot it just shoots all 10 bullets at once it can shoot 10 bullets at a time and shoot 10 people in the head at once so you're just yeah. like sprinting through this level, like wall running and shit, lo- automatically locking on to 10 grunts at a time and just taking them all out at once. Like you f- if you if you have any like sense of, um, I don't know, like anger or purpose like in you at all because of watching BT die in that way, giving you this auto pistol and having you sprint through a level and just take out like 500 people in maybe three minutes is like honestly one of the wilder video game experiences you will ever have. Um, yeah, it's it's the perfect like it's the perfect like countermeasure to feeling this low to yeah. having like all power taken from you and then giving you this like flurry of like just anger. Honestly, because yeah, like, you don't not, even like, feel not, good doing it. It's like I just have no. to I I have to uphold the mission. <laughs> like I just have to finish what I started. Um, but then you bring his like his head back to. Uh, you basically call a new Titan and put this head in the new Titan and it's BT again. Um, yeah. And I was just so happy he was back. And then, you know, you, you save the day, you fight, uh, like, you fight, is it Flisk? The, the Blisk. You don't, you don't fight Blisk. Uh, you fight Blisk's, like, fight his, second in command. That's what, yeah, that's that's what I was trying to say. But you, you fight her, another tough fight, um, but not as tough as Viper. No one can top Viper. If you go to hell, <laughs> tell him Viper sent you. Uh... uh <laughs> Just fighting every urge to do Pigma again. Uh, anyway, so then you like right before the big like doomsday device goes off, you you grab it with BT and you're basically prepared to like go down with BT to save the day. Then BT like last minute throws you out of the cockpit. And oh, he's, you like, missed a good moment. Oh, please go sorry, back. Sorry, I'm back, sorry. You back. missed the moment where you're lying on the ground and you're pretty much dead. And Blisk shows up and is like, "Oh, it's your lucky day." <laughs> He's like contract. Yeah, right. He's like contract just ran out. Uh, they just stopped paying me, so I guess I'm gonna let you live. But you know, if you if you're up to anything, you want to hang out. And he leaves you his card, and it's the Apex Legends card. It's like yeah. him inviting you to join Apex Legends, essentially. Which I wonder if like their plan all along was to make that game because it felt like they were directly like kind of it was like an Easter egg of what they were gonna work on next, almost. In a way, yeah. So so what he's really leaving you is a card to join the Apex Predators, which is like his group of mercenaries, essentially. Um, but what gotcha. that what that turns into in the lore of this game and Apex Legends is that he eventually goes on to to create the Apex games. Um, and, and he starts giving those cards out to people that he wants to join the Apex games. Um, so oh, it's kind of cool. a one-to-one thing. So it might, it might just yeah. be them like kind of retconning what that card means. Um, but it's still, I love that moment where he, where like the guy, the like main evil guy who is just like evil German scientist vibes, essentially, um, like yeah. very like kind of world war two adjacent. It's just like in the background screaming, like shoot him, shoot him. And he's like, yeah. uh, no man, I'm good actually. Unless you want to pay me more, I'm out of here. And he just bails. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's like it's like if Han Solo never redeemed himself. Yes, that's how exactly. that would play out. You know, yeah. like it's just sort of like, well, you're not paying me, so I'm out of here. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off though, but then then you have that moment with BT. No, I'm glad you did that. But then you know, you're after all that goes down, you're trying to save the day with BT, and then he throws you out of the cockpit. And I think throughout the game, BT says like, what his three like. Above all else, the three missions are like uphold the mission, something else, and protect the pilot. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, as he throws you out of the cockpit, he's like, protect the pilot, and then blows up. Yeah. Uh, really bittersweet. I mean, you see it coming, but it works in the moment. Yeah. I think because the campaign is so short and sweet, like, none of those moments feel too cliche, even though they kind of are. Yeah. Um, and I think BT is like genuinely, like, everything is like kind of very fun and generic, but like, BT is actually like lovable like i i genuinely loved bt yeah totally um and then you have this kind of like you know you 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 come back and it's like yeah like we saved the world but i kind of miss bt you know and then Mm -hmm. very iron giant like after the end credits are actually great it shows like every character you met like kind of doing especially like i love the lineup of bad guys they show at the end it's like so good and they're all they're they're all like uh in front of their titan and they're just doing like a really fucking cool pose yeah, a very Team Yale energy, actually. Yeah, uh, a little like Sinar Wild Hearts, like introducing you to a team kind of vibe. Right. Yeah. I think I think it, I think the end credits actually really solidified like the tone of the experience that was intended. Because a lot of it, I was like, "Is this self-aware? Is it sort of by accident?" I'm like, no, this is absolutely self-aware. Yeah. Um, and then it ends with like you know a glimmer of hope that BT is like still alive, which is like I kind of expected that to happen, but it was it was a nice touch. Yeah, it comes um, in the form of um, it's like your helmet and data knife on the ground or, or like on a, <laughs> on a shelf or something. And then the helmet turns on by itself, which I think is supposed to indicate that maybe BT is still alive. But um, yeah, yeah, which is which is fine. I mean, that like that was probably the one moment that fell short. I'm like, OK, like I, I feel like there's no way this isn't going to happen. You yeah. Know? Yeah, but I I liked BT enough that I was happy to see it. Same thing in Iron Giant, where like you have the souls don't die big moment, and then mm-hmm. you see at the end his like pieces are coming back together. Like you don't need that, but it's a nice touch. Yeah. Um, the data knife is actually very cool because you hack just by like stabbing a computer, <laughs> and there's actually a moment where you hack an enemy ship with the knife, and then you just use the like handle of the knife as a makeshift steering. Like yeah, device. as a joystick, yeah. It's really cool. Game rules. It's really fun. That's what I mean. It's just like constantly throwing out like some of the best sci-fi ideas. Like the data knife yeah. is so goofy. <laughs> and not but even it's great. Like the fact like... that like right in the beginning, they're like, hey, if you're near one of these like small robots, uh, which end up going going on to become Pathfinder in Apex Legends. Yeah. But anyway, um, if, you, if you find one of these small robots, like you can just hack the back of its head and then it just starts fighting for you instead. And like at any moment when they throw one of those things at you, it's like super advantageous to whip out the data knife and just like kind of commandeer one of those things and just like have a buddy yeah. for a bit. Very cool. Yeah, I, I got the achievement like robot army. I had like 10 of them fighting for me. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. It's I think it's also like a really good model to follow. I think especially for a game that is that is otherwise being made for the multiplayer. I think yeah. if you're going to like cause they, I think a lot of times with, with like big games like this, Either it's like made with a single player in mind and the multiplayer is, is kind of tacked on or vice versa. We're like, you know, I think especially at a certain point, like all the Call of Duty games, like the single player is just sort of like there by proxy and right. not like intended to be experienced. Um, 
I mean, to be fair, I haven't played any since like Black Ops, but I just I can't imagine like there's a really compelling single player every year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I think the way I think there's a lot of power, and I think like I still love my 200 plus hour three houses. I still like my big RPGs, but there's a lot of power in a game that is like five hours and and leaves you wanting more. Right. Um, yeah. And knows you will play more of it, whether it's the single player again or or uh, or the multiplayer. Yeah. Um, I also just enjoy the lighter tone in a game like this, too. I think that's something that that can kind of make a story that's about like something that should be kind of harrowing a little bit more palatable. It's like so far removed from the actual like horrors of war that it feels just like a space adventure, you know? Yeah, exactly. Without making light of serious issues. Um, yeah. Uh, it's great. Would recommend um, you want to take a small break and then maybe get into the multiplayer? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, cool. See you okay. in a bit. Bye. Bye. Foolish bird, I'm the great Leon. I think I'll torture you for a while. Yep. Danny scream. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to like the a, pod. Welcome back to the pod. We're not talking about Star Wolf and crew. No, 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 not here. We're talking about Titanfall 2. Oh, that right. Can you imagine if Pigma is added to Smash Brothers? No one wants no one wants that. Well, now I kind of do. Uh, I mean, honestly, would love to see Peppy in the mix. If you're going to have a uh, Falco and Fox, why not you Peppy? Peppy, not Slippy? You know, interesting. I feel like <laughs> Peppy's more of a moral anchor, whereas Slippy is the engineer. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe Rob. Oh, Rob's already in Smash. I keep forgetting that. Peppy's ship is under repair. <laughs> I'm fine. You came over there, Fox? <laughs> wow. Your father helped me like that, too! Okay, I gotta stop. <laughs> this is just always in my head. I hear, like, hey, Einstein, I'm on your side. You become more like your father. Yeah, I feel like in the way that I always have three cursed songs just bouncing around in my head, you have like 15 <laughs> different voices from a video game from like or, the N64 era or earlier. I can't believe I've lost to this scum! <laughs> <laughs> that was a go-to for me and my sister for a while. It was just like, And that's kind of like, all jokes aside, I think the thing that really lands for me with with Titanfall 2 and Star Fox. Oh, wow, we are really back like, in it, huh? Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, it, this could be in it or not. But, sure. Uh, no, keep going. Just the idea of, like, revisiting something over and over again with a friend. You know, I can yeah. see that happening with this, with you and me. Um, so, speaking of Pigma, uh, multiplayer is great. It's super fun. I'm almost hard-pressed to even say anything interesting about it, because it's just, like, real good. I will say, like, this is not a game I probably would have picked up if not for your glowing recommendation. Yeah, like that's kind of what I, I wanted to talk I, to you about. Just, like, noted... Yeah. Your your relationship with first-person shooters as, like, a multiplayer genre is is kind of, like, kind of non-existent for the most part, with the exception of, I would say, Overwatch, Splatoon, which is not even first-person, um, and Apex Legends a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah, I think... Probably the most like competitive I got was with Overwatch. Like I feel like I actually was I held my own, like knew what I was doing and would like be frustrated if a team wasn't working together. Yeah. Um, don't worry, I was not on mic. <laughs> I was not one of those people. <laughs> oh my god, let me play Genji. Come on. Was not doing that. But I like knew the game well enough to like know what was working or not. And yeah. like 
So that's probably the farthest in I got. Uh, Splatoon just had a great time with and still play it every now and then. And yeah, Apex Legends we checked out because of the show. I think I, I felt but that was your most played PS2 game of last year. Uh, PS4. Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, PS, I, PS2 I did my... game. That was your most played PS2 game somehow of last year. <laughs> I got a real cheap copy of it for PS2. Uh, Gibraltar and and uh, uh, what's his name? Caustic, Oct- not Octane. Caustic, yeah, they're they're polygons. Uh, this is nothing. <laughs> I got a real cheap copy for PS2, which was ironic because it's free on PS4. But yeah, it was. I did my I did my Sony Wrapped and. My number one game was Apex Legends, which was kind of wild. Number two was Sekiro. I didn't play a ton of PS4 this past year, at least by comparison to Switch, where yeah, like same. they like legally couldn't tell me how long I played Fire Emblem. Like, <laughs> you don't, don't want to know this. Yeah, we not we're not sharing this with you. Um, but yeah, like I I don't really I don't really gravitate towards this genre. I think the things that I really like about this game are just inherently i enjoyed the single player enough that i like the level design i like the dynamic of switching between the pilot mechanics and the mech i think the big pitfall of this game was to make a game where one felt significantly better than the other and like they really avoided that entirely like like we said in multiplayer too like it's really you have to really think about when you're going to summon your mech um, similar almost to in Overwatch, like when to choose to do your ultimate ability. Yeah. You don't want to just do it right away. You kind of want to time it with the rest of the team. So I really enjoy that. And I also think the game is so fast, like you, you no pun intended, you respawn so quickly that even when like you, me and AJ were playing on stream, like when we were losing badly, it was still very fun. Like I still enjoyed my time with it. Yeah. I don't have the frustration that I would in other games and like not having team speak on is, is a must. And I don't really think you need it in this game. I mean, I'm sure at a higher level, you want to communicate with your team and what you're doing, but I don't know. I just, I just really, really dig it. And I think we'll probably play more of it, um, especially on stream. I think it's a fun game to stream. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was so goofy. Yeah. So <laughs> like, I, I think you bring up a good point about making sure that the act of being in a Titan isn't so overwhelmingly like the move over being a pilot. Um, just like that, that balance that they struck between those two is really strong. That was kind of one of the major complaints that people had with Titanfall one was when you dropped your Titan, uh, your Titan had an overshield that would respawn or that would like recharge kind of like a halo or pretty much every other first person shooter game these days. It doesn't have health kits anymore because it's not golden eye, <laughs> but that essentially just meant that like every Titan lasted forever. Like once everybody dropped their Titans, you just kind of had them at all times um, because your overshield would recharge constantly where, Whereas now, the way the game works is anytime you get hit and you're in your Titan, like that is just damage that will last forever, essentially, um, with a big heavy asterisk on it. But that damage is like done. uh, And that is just lessening the amount of time that you can be in your Titan. So you really are like very vulnerable. Um, Add to that the fact that uh, enemy pilots can jump on top of your Titan and rip your battery out if they want to, um, which is kind of wild. They can then take that battery and bring it to either their own Titan or another friendly Titan and heal their Titans so they can undo that that damage that's been done. Um, But also if your battery is removed and another pilot jumps on your back, they can then put a grenade where your battery was and pretty much just explode your Titan immediately. Um, wow. Which is pretty wild. Um, so there's like all these kind of little mechanics to just like make sure that the Titans aren't invincible anymore, which I think are really great. But that, that stuff with being able to rip a battery out of an enemy Titan and put it in a friendly Titan, I think also just uh, like kind of inherently creates some great teamwork mechanics um, and, and like 
just kind of allows people to passively help their teammates um, instead of like just kind of actively needing to do it. Like just going and fucking up an enemy Titan just for fun can, in effect, help out your friendly Titans in a way, um, yeah. which is really fun. Outside of just, you know, removing an enemy from the board, um, it also allows you to like rip a battery out and, and help your friendly Titans, which is cool. Um, all that stuff is like really great. I think one of the biggest things that they kind of that I don't see in other multiplayer shooter games like this that I really appreciate is uh, that there's a bunch of AI like grunts all over the place. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which is just like a really wonderful thing to do to kind of like make you feel like you're still doing something, even if you're terrible. Um, it sure does. Yeah. It, so I, like, <laughs> I didn't realize at first that they were AI and I was like, well, I am wrecking the other team. And it was like four grunts just standing in place. Yeah. <laughs> um, it almost reminds me, like I know, I know very, very little about Dota. But yes. Like, no, it is a very Dota it, thing. Yeah, you're right. It reminds me of that kind of constant stream of like low level enemies that you're there just to kind of like, grind basically yeah so you're yeah. using them to build up your titan meter essentially because when you when you start the game you don't or when you start a round you don't have your titan immediately you have to build up the titan meter um by either uh just by scoring points in general however you end up doing that so that could be shooting grunts down um as they're like landing all over the place and they don't really pose too much of a threat to you they still can kill you they do a lot of damage if they shoot you but like they're so bad that they generally won't even shoot at you if you're near them because they just assume they're gonna die i think um yeah but you know, if you take out grunts, that works. If you shoot, um, you know, enemy teammates and you kill them, like that also works. That all serves to build up your Titan meter, which is also just passively building up uh, over time as well. So, you know, even if you were to just kind of sit there and do nothing, you would still get your Titan eventually at some point in the match. But you can just kind of expedite the process um, by shooting grunts, which is really f like a kind of nice addition to this game that I really appreciate. One of the other things, one of the other big differences between Titanfall 1 and 2 that I think a lot of people really love, um, which you'll be happy about knowing, I guess, is uh, in, the, in the first one, there was this mechanic called burn cards, which was essentially like, as you would continue to level up, you would get like packs of cards that would unlock and, and give you like these active bonuses that you could like play a burn card whenever you died. So like if you died, you could play this burn card and the next time you spawned, you would have this thing. Um, so that could be anything from like, uh, the ability to like shoot a hologram out of yourself in front of you, uh, which then became Mirage's uh, super ability or whatever. Mm. Um, or uh, maybe some robotic ticks. But anyway, you would you would have to <laughs> you would collect you know, these I burn like cards and you'd have ticks. to like you'd have to use them one by one. Uh, and when you use them, they were gone until you unlocked them again. Uh, they have replaced that system in Titanfall 2 with the with the boost system mm, um so yeah. you, get a, you get a pilot boost which kind of also is tied to your uh tied to your titan meter so at a certain point you will be able to use your pilot boost and that could be anything from the robotic ticks to uh what i use which is a what is it oh yeah i use a thing that's called amped weapons that just makes all your weapons stronger so i generally use that for my grenade launcher so i can take out titans like as a pilot because mm. um, i personally don't really like playing as a titan too much uh generally when i call it down i'll just let it like run around automatically i'll just like let it be an auto titan um and i'll just like hang out as a pilot and like whatever titan tries to engage with my auto titan i'll just like go fuck them up as a pilot because they're so focused on taking out the big titan in front of them that's a great so, idea yeah so there's amped weapons and then there's a bunch of other ones that are really fun um they're all over the place there's like some that'll just like completely turn off the map of the enemy team um, it's really, really fun. Um, and then on top of that, there's all the like kind of classic Call of Duty like builds that you can have. So you can 
uh, you know, customize different loadouts and things. Um, and those also come with like giant abilities. So uh, one of them is a sonar knife, which is what I use, which allows you to like throw a knife into a wall, which will show any enemies that are around you on your minimap. Uh, which is kind of like bloodhounds scan ability. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, or there's a grapple, which you know allows for greater mobility, um, and is just like really really fun. Uh, there's another one. I think that is the hologram thing that Mirage has. A lot of the Apex Legends. Uh, yeah, super and there's abilities. like the Gibraltar shield and like yeah. uh, wraiths teleporting. A lot of that's present there. I, I'm actually surprised at how, like, I, I I think it wasn't a huge surprise that I enjoyed Apex Legends because of, like, just the character and, and the sort of, like, goofier tone of it. Yeah. Um, as well as, like, sort of the Overwatch-esque mechanics at play. Mm-hmm. Whereas I am really surprised that, like, I'm enjoying this, like, equal to, if not more. And it's, like, kind of a more, I don't want to say more straightforward shooter, but, like, it is more void of that stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think, like, I think just the 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 conceit of the game is so unique and like the uh I I also enjoy the customization of Titans where like you can change what weapons they have and like how they play. So yeah. the one Titan I really like, I think it's called the Ronin and they have a shotgun and like a giant sword. Yeah, it's um, just the Buster sword. Yeah, it really is. And they all the Titans in multiplayer also have like their own voice and like kind of their own character. Nothing like BT, but they do like the Ronin I have like expresses remorse when a friendly titan falls yeah which, like i'm glad that the the multiplayer doesn't feel like it's in a completely separate universe like you still feel like you're you're in the same world which is yeah. cool it's uh it's really really fun i highly recommend checking it out if, if you never have before um especially if you like apex legends i think it's worth checking out titanfall 2 just for the multiplayer even because e- even what you and i were saying as we were playing it was like apex legends is you run around for a really long time there's a lot of build up to your very swift death um and then it's like oh wow it's over <laughs> that's re- it's like you yeah it's you me and aj catching up and running through this beautiful environment and then like yeah like you said unceremoniously being murdered in like a, a weird house yeah um and then meanwhile, uh, sorry, Titanfall 2 is like constant swift death that is so constant and so swift that it almost feels zen-like in a way to just like kind of be running around, like running from wall to wall with like complete freedom of mobility um, and to get picked off at some point, like doesn't feel as bad because you yeah, just spawn I mean, again immediately. Like, I don't think one is inherently like they're going for very different styles of game where like Apex Legends is is betting on that like very tense final kind of standoff like the victory is like tremendous and the loss is also very heavy. This is like more just constantly hitting the same beats. Um, Yeah. I think that makes it more palatable for me to play like more often, you know, because I don't feel like as like (laughs) even even though we're not like super invested in doing well in Apex, eventually it's like, oh, my God, we're the 20th again. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm like letting Gibraltar down. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, it's great. And I think, too, uh, in terms of like recommending it now, this game obviously didn't do well commercially, but was this big critical hit and like beloved by anyone who played it. And I think, too, like, beloved by me, someone who's not really usually a fan of this type of game, it's cool to highlight and to support now. Kind of, I, I feel similarly to uh, when I picked up Gravity Rush 2 and, like, immediately fell in love with it. And I was like, yeah. it's, like, bittersweet that I found this game that, like, that that clicked so strongly for me. But I know, like, 30 people bought. <laughs> right. And, like, probably <laughs> you know? won't get a sequel. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it just, I think there's power in supporting stuff like this retroactively and, you know 
hopefully that does something good. Cause I, I would love to see more in this world. I think Apex's success probably, I mean, they'll at least continue doing Apex, which is cool, but I would love to see like another crack at this game in particular. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know how big respawn is as, as a developer, but, um, I mean, I know they're working on Apex Legends still. Uh, from what I saw of the news, it seems like pretty likely that they are already well underway working on a sequel to Jedi Fallen Order, um, yeah. which I'm excited about because I love the first one. And kind of like Titanfall 1 to 2, like they're just a little, uh, they're, they're just like a couple tweaks here and there that you could make that would make that game like fucking great and not yeah. just good. So I'm excited for that, but I, I don't know if there's enough room in that in that development space for another titanfall if if ea is even allowing them to do that you know that's the um, thing yeah because which think, we didn't even mention what happened when this game launched and why it didn't sell very well but essentially what ea wanted to do was uh to like essentially like shoot the kneecaps out of call of duty when it came out that year by releasing uh battlefield one and titanfall two in the same week as call of duty um because they thought that releasing two heavy hitter first person shooter games uh, the same week as Call of Duty would kind of split the uh, split the sales in favor of EA because people would be deciding between one of those three games and, you know, they would have a 66% chance of people buying an EA game over an Activision one. Uh, not realizing, I guess, for some reason that if you buy, if you're a person who likes Call of Duty, you're just going to keep buying Call of Duty every year. Like, you're not going to yeah. be sitting there like, oh, no, what do I do? Like, you're just, you're a diehard Call of Duty person. Um, so that ended up doing... <laughs> oh, what do I do this year? Do I get Titanfall 2? Um, yeah, right. That's, that's yeah. exactly what happened. Essentially, was like everybody bought Call of Duty and everybody bought Battlefield One, and then nobody had any money left over to buy Titanfall Two. Right, right. It's kind of what happened. Uh, yeah. So the game kind of like flopped uh, commercially, even though it was a critical success, uh, which is a huge bummer. So because of that, like I, I'm not really sure what's going to happen with with uh, Titanfall as a franchise. Like it seems like they kind of diverted a bunch of resources to Apex Legends. Uh, you know, to just keep that afloat. But even that, I don't know how well that game is doing now comparatively. Um, maybe it's still fine, but I haven't heard a lot about it in a while. Yeah. So who knows what's going on there? But yeah, I mean, they're working on on Star Wars and stuff. So who, who knows if they could be making a Titanfall 3? I really hope they do one day. I just want more of this. They could but, just make the next Star Wars game like, oh, look at these cool mechs you're going inside and just mm-hmm. <laughs> disguise it as that. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I think we're just investing in what they're working on next. They're a very cool team and we're excited to see what awaits us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, should we wrap up this bonus episode? Yeah, I think so. I think I, uh, I've officially dropped any interest in Pigma so we can end. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh as always thank you so much for listening uh we we gave a shout out to our patrons at the beginning but just another shout out to them for making this possible yeah we're excited about just like <clears throat> everything but no i mean like just the game, know, there, everything by mike Biffle. there's a lot on the horizon for the show i think oh. this last year in particular we've uh we've added and changed a lot so as always like we're open for for feedback on on what you would like to see from us um i think you can expect uh i think we're probably going to stick to one bonus episode every month uh that seems about right given the usual length of them which can range from two hours to uh games of the decade um Mm -hmm. but yeah i think in terms of like just content around the show as well we have a lot of exciting ideas and plans and and we just want to thank you again for the continued support of that. Um, I feel like we we get we see like new people every week like commenting on how much they like the show, which I think is just 
really otherworldly to see. I'm, I'm really happy people enjoy it as much as we enjoy making it. Um, so thank you. That's great. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, seconded all of that. Um, yeah. If there's any, uh, I, we mentioned this earlier, but if there's any game that you specifically think would be a good one for us to do bonus episode on, um, please hit us up about that. That could be in the discord. That could be on Twitter. That could be anywhere. Um, I think we might have next month's already kind of locked in. Potentially. Yeah. I think February is locked in. Uh, and I think you're going to enjoy it. It's a fun one, but, um, pretty much the rest of the year is open. And, and even like the tentative plans we have, like we're pretty adjustable and the more time in advance we have to plan on it, the, the more out there stuff we can do with it too. Um, right. which is fun. Um, yeah. And, and, and I think like going back to the Patreon and going back to like the bonus content available for everyone, like, you know, for full disclosure, like uh, Brendan, AJ and myself all work full time on top of this. <laughs> so really right. it's just sort of the idea of like the more support we get, the more time we can devote to this. We enjoy making and are happy to, but it takes resources to make. And just to give you like disclosure of where your money is going, like it's basically going to producing the more of the show getting more equipment, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, uh, I just, I just wanted to name that because right now we don't have like a ton of information on the Patreon. We'll probably start posting on that page more too. So keep an eye out everywhere on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us at into the cast. The Patreon's also uh, patreon.com slash into the cast. We have a Twitch account, which uh, should become more active as well. Uh, Twitch.tv into the cast. And we have an email address. If you want to email us into the aether podcast at gmail.com the catchiest one of all and yeah i think that's it unless you have anything to add to the to the patreon stuff or anything i don't uh no that, <laughs> that all sounds good to me sorry brendan just put like a like a drawing mannequin in front of the camera but it's leaping for joy kind of like sound of music-esque yeah it's uh it's it's the pose uh that greta gerwig is in on the francis ha poster oh is it cool anyway no i don't have anything else to add uh thank you to everybody who listens to the show everybody who supports it uh hopefully you like this episode about titanfall 2 one of my favorite games probably ever um it's a good one but uh we'll be back next week with um more i think video games which should be cool yeah after the last couple episodes i think we're finally getting back to video games yeah, it should be fun, I think, uh, to talk about I'm them. excited. So, yeah, I kind of missed it. So we'll, we'll, we'll be back next week with uh, more video games. And uh, great to talk to you, Stephen. Um, enjoy your day. <laughs> <laughs> that felt like the end of an unceremonious job interview. Great talking with you. Um, uh, good luck out there, okay? Keep yeah. Be in touch. Yeah, we'll call, we'll call you. Bye. Yeah, okay, well, see you. Jeez, point taken. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>